Well, good morning again. Good to see everyone. So glad you're here. Are you pumped up? Man, I was sitting there thinking, I don't know why I'm preaching. We already had church this morning. I mean, come on. It's awesome. Well, I'm going to share something with you quickly. We're going to uh, finish up uh, this series of promises of promise. We've been talking about covenants. And I encourage you, if you haven't heard either the first or the second um, message in this series, please go back to the, the, um, the Welcome Center. We've got those on CD or we've got them on our VFC app you can listen to or you can go to our website and you can watch the video or listen to the audio. We want to make sure that you stay up to date and you get the word in you. And uh, I've, I've really enjoyed this series on covenants. I, I believe that the concept of the covenant is what is missing from a lot of people's relationship with the Lord. Um, that, that, that they come to God hoping um, that maybe he's listening, hoping that maybe he'll hear them, hoping that maybe he'll do something. But when you know what a covenant is and that God has chosen covenants to govern how he interacts with people, you can come boldly before his throne of grace. You don't have to wonder and tiptoe into his presence. You just walk right in. You're like, hey, Lord, I know what your covenant says, and so here's what we're going to do. Okay? Now, the first week, uh, we talked about that the covenant is a binding, uh, mutually accepted arrangement that manages relationships between individuals or groups. Um, that there are two main covenants record, according to salvation in Scripture. It's the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Uh, we are all under the New Covenant, and you can't mix covenants. Now, let me just make sure no one misunderstands when I say that the new covenant has replaced the old covenant and that you can't mix the two and you don't go back into the old covenant. I'm not talking about the Old Testament scripture. Okay? Old Testament scripture is still profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction, for all those good things. But the way that we read Old Testament scripture has changed. If it's a covenant promise, a covenant declaration, a blessing, or a curse... In the Old Testament, you have to see it through the lens of Jesus. You have to understand that it's history. It was true, and it's still good for knowledge and instruction, but you're not operating under that covenant. But like, for instance, the Psalms, we read the Psalms. The Psalms haven't passed away, right? The Proverbs haven't passed away. Uh, The stories of the patriarchs of the faith, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, those stories haven't passed away. It's It's the old covenant that's been replaced with the new covenant. Do you understand? And so um, last week, we actually talked about that little Hebrew word, hesed. All right, did anyone practice saying hesed last week? It's a fun word to say. Um, And uh, the hesed of God um, is the dependable and enthusiastic commitment, kindness, and support that you get from being in covenant with God. It's an amazing little word. And we realize that through God's hesed, we have no need to fear. We have no need to worry. We, we can know what God thinks about us. We can know what God's going to do in the future because of hesed. And I encourage you, please listen to that message. This week, we are talking about covenant promises. Covenant promises. Man, broken promises sting so badly, don't they? They do. I experienced that this weekend. My mom uh, had told me last year for my birthday that she wanted to get me a suit because I wear suits so much. 
No, I didn't have one that fit. Like I've got like my arms are like a little bit shorter, so like my, my the arms on my suits are always too long. I look kind of you know awkward and weird. And so she was like, "We're going to get you a suit that fits you." I'm like, "I like it, mom." And then we waited a year um, because you know I don't do anything until I have to. Uh, and and so we went last week. Uh, Ethan graduated last night. Woo, woo. My oldest son, yeah, college uh, high school graduate. Excited. So I was like, you know, this would be a great opportunity to try out that new suit. And so we went down last week during the middle of the week, got fitted. They said, sweet, we'll have it ready for you. We'll have it tailored. We'll have it. It's going to, you're going to look great, Mr. Nutley. I'm like, I agree with that. Here's my money. And so, so they said, come back Friday morning. It'll be ready for you to pick up. I'm like, sweet, just in time. So I go down Friday afternoon, last minute, like I always do. Drive down there, and I go in there, and I'm like, hey, I'm here to pick up my suit. They're like, we'll get it for you, Mr. Nunley. <laughs> okay, great. And they go in the back, and they're like, okay, um, it didn't get altered. Our alteration lady isn't here, and so it'll be Tuesday, okay? I'm like, no. It's not okay, man. What, why did you tell me Friday? Like, I've got some big stuff this weekend, and I drove all the way from Thomasville. They're like, yeah, we know. I'm like, no, no. Here's the, and, and you ever feel like your mind is going beyond your mouth and you're about to say something you probably shouldn't say? Okay. Yeah, so that was happening to me in that moment. Like I was, I was beginning to, because when I get mad, like this really fast, sarcastic, like jabs start wanting to come out uh, and just totally demoralize and humiliate people. And I have to keep that under, amen. I have to keep that under wraps, okay? So it doesn't, so, so I don't hurt people because it's in there. And so I feel that rising up, you know, in me, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna be all right. This is gonna be fine. I'm gonna wear my misshapen suits like I always do, and it's gonna be okay. It's not a big deal. And I walked out, I'll get the thing next week. But that broken promise was so annoying. So annoying. But God doesn't break his promises. And here's what's so cool is that scripture tells us that the new covenant has better promises than the old covenant. In Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 it says, Now Jesus our high priest has been given a ministry that's far superior to the old priesthood for he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. There are better promises in this new covenant than there were in the old covenant. Now, the old covenant had some pretty good promises. Some promises of blessing, some promises of healing, some promises of protection. But the, but the thing was, is if you remember back to your co- our original covenant lesson, it was a bilateral covenant. All right, It, it, was a, uh, um, um, it, it was like, I'll do this if you do this. It was contingency. Okay, It was conditional. And so there was a way to receive blessing. There was a way to receive protection. There was a way to receive healing in that old covenant. But there was, there was this thing called the law that you had to keep in order to get it. And guess what? No one could keep the law. And that's why it was so difficult. But in the new covenant, we have even better promises Not just the promises that we were promised in the old covenant. Those are still there. There's some additional new promises, which we'll get to in a little bit. And the Lord has removed the ministry of death, is what Paul calls it, that law that you couldn't keep. He says, okay, now, instead of keeping the law by reading the book, now you keep the law by me being inside of you. So much better. 
so much better. Second Peter chapter one, three through four. It says this by his divine power. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Do you know that you have everything you need to be a successful Christian? You already have it. He's already given it to you. Check this out. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Here we go. Here are the promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. That's amazing. Through God's promises, you can do stuff you otherwise couldn't do. Isn't that amazing? It's, the New King James says, we can be, be partakers of the divine nature is the way it puts it. Okay, well, let me break this down for you. You're not God. How many of you knew that already? All right, you're not divine. Sorry, you're not. So you are simply natural, right? You're a natural person. But when you operate in the new covenant, when you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You're in relationship with him. He gives you promises. And then through these promises, you can operate not just in the natural, but in the supernatural. You can become a partaker of the divine nature, even though you're not divine, but he's divine and he's in you. Isn't that amazing? And so as we look through the New Testament, we look through all of these things you, that you are promised that you couldn't do before. You can be forgiven of your sin. Not only can you be forgiven of your sin, you can be cleansed from your sin. What's the difference? Well, if you, if you think of sin as tripping and falling into a mud puddle, okay? So forgiveness is like, I'm not going to give you a hard time about that. Okay, that's great because I feel bad already. That's forgiveness. But what's cleansing? It's cleaning you off. So you don't have to walk around wearing all that dirt and grime and mud. You're empowered. You're empowered so you don't trip and fall into the mud puddle anymore. He works with you and he says, hey, here's a mud puddle. Hey, here's a mud puddle. Hey, here. Because he's in you. He's in your mind. He's in your heart. And he's telling you how to live. You are blessed. You are healed. You are protected. You have a home in heaven and you can know God personally. These are the promises of the New Testament. And they're amazing promises. They're amazing promises. And here's the other thing you should know, and this is so good, is that God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Hebrews 6, 16 through 19. Let's just, let's just read yeah, we'll read 16 through 19. It says, now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. Now, you've heard this. Hey, are you going to show up? I'm going to show up. I swear. Really? You really? I swear on my kids. Have you ever heard someone say like that? Or, or I was told you never say this. I swear to God. I'll be there. I mean, whoo, this is serious. Right? So, That's what he's saying. When people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, 
We who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope, has, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. What is this saying? This is saying, look, when you're making an oath, right, you, you, if you swear to someone greater than yourself, then you can know that you're going to keep that oath. Well, who's greater than God? No one. So he swore to himself. He goes, I swear to me. I swear to me. There's no one greater than me. I promise that I promise that I will do what I've said. Isn't that awesome? You can count on God's promises. You can count. When God says something, you can take it to the bank. He's he's going to do that for you. But we don't always receive those promises, do we? We don't. We don't. Why? Because promises have to be received. Promises have to be received. So my question is, how do you receive God's promises? i got three things for you this morning. How do you receive God's promises? Number one, have faith. Have faith. Now that seems like such a churchy thing to say. Well, brother, just have faith. Okay, you haven't helped me at all. Right? Have you ever gone to someone, I've got this problem, I've got this issue. Well, man, just... Have faith. Okay, great. Thank you. That's awesome. Yay. Yeah, it, it, seems, it seems like it doesn't mean anything. But let me explain what having faith really means. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. It says, the promise is received by faith. It's given as a free gift. And we're all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. So Paul's in, in the book of Romans, is, is drawing a distinction. He's talking about God's promise to Abraham, and he's saying, look, the way that you receive the promise from God in your life is the same way that Abraham received the promise of God in his life. You believe it. You have faith. And I'm going to talk about what that means in just a second. First Peter Chapter 1, 5 through 7 talks about this type of faith. It's an active faith. It's not a passive faith. A lot of times I think we think having faith is just standing there and oh, trying real hard to believe. Trying to convince yourself it's true. Ah, I'm going to try so hard to believe this. That's not faith. That's a mind game. That's weird. Don't do that. 1 Peter 1, 5 through 7. Okay, now, let me just, context. You remember when I just read to you earlier, Scripture says that we have great and precious promises, that through these, we can live in the supernatural. Okay, I'm I'm picking up from there. This is the very next verses, okay, that that I read to you earlier. It says, in view of all this, in view of what? The promises of God. In view of the fact that through God's promises, you can walk in things you otherwise couldn't walk in. In view of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Now, wait a minute. minute. What if I haven't received the fullness of the promise? You respond anyway. You begin to move. You begin to act like you have what you don't have yet. That's faith. That's faith. It's not just a mental exercise. It's, it's, It's orienting and calibrating your life towards the promise, even though you don't see the fullness of the promise revealed yet. Let's keep reading. It says, to respond to God's promises, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. A moral excellence with knowledge 
And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. So what's he saying? Hey, God's given you a promise. He's given you a promise of heaven. He's given you a promise of healing in your body. He's given you a promise of peace in your soul. He's given you a promise of provision, protection. He's given you all these promises. So what do you do? Get to work. Start growing up. That's what faith is. It's not just, ah, I believe. No, no, no. It's acting like you believe. It's acting like you. And I see you know this. You do this in other areas of your life. You respond to a promise before you fully see it happen. If you find out, if, you're, if, 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 if you uh, are pregnant, if a woman is pregnant, she finds out she's pregnant, what does she do? Even before the baby's born, she starts painting a room. She starts buying a crib. She starts loading up on diapers. Babies go through diapers. Like, it's unbelievable. That's ridiculous. Right? They, they, you start doing stuff. Oh, let's say you're invited to go on vacation with a friend. And it's not till tomorrow. But what do you do? You pack. But you're not there yet. I know, but you're preparing. You're getting ready for it. You're responding to the promise. You're responding to the promise before you even have it. You're gassing up your car. Right? You're putting on, if you're like me, you're putting on suntan lotion because if it's the beach, you're going to get burned. You get ready, right? Look, here's, here's, I want you to understand this, is that promises are preceded by preparation. Promises are preceded by preparation. If you've been given a promise, and you have all throughout Scripture, whatever that promise is that you need, you need to begin to prepare for it whether you see the promise happen yet or not. You need to begin painting that baby room. You you need to begin to do stuff, gas up the car, pack the bags. You you need to begin building the ark before the rain comes. Promises are preceded by preparation. We've got to have faith. Here's the second thing that we do to receive God's promises is that we be patient. Oh, I don't like this one. We be patient. If I can be honest with you right now, there are lots of areas of my life where I've allowed the Lord to change me and move in my life, and, and I'm like, have victory. Patience is something I'm still working on. I'm, I, I struggle with this, I, 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 and, and it seems to have gotten worse. And God's just not giving me patience quick enough is his problem. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 6 verse 15 says, Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. He waited patiently and then he received. Look, God has promised you all sorts of amazing better promises in this new covenant. We just heard one from Blake and Felicia about about financial stability in their life. That's a promise for you too. But you begin to obey, have faith, you react, you respond to the promise before you see it fulfilled. And then there's a waiting period. There's a time where you have to be patient. See, patience isn't just waiting. It's waiting and keeping a good attitude while you wait. It's an opportunity for for you to flex that attitude muscle, the good attitude muscle, 
and say, look, I, I, this is, life is not how I want it right now. I'm going to choose to be happy. I'm going to choose to be okay with this. Look, it, if I can just encourage you guys, patience pays off. We live in a world that's so impatient. We're so used to ordering in a drive-thru, and, and if it's not there in, in two minutes, we're like, what's taking so long? Well, like, you want them to do a good job with your food so you don't get sick, right? I mean, I to, why is this, oh, oh, I don't have this extra 30 seconds for good food. We're so impatient, right? We get so impatient, but please understand, according to Scripture, patience pays off. Patience pays off. If you will wait on the Lord, if you will be patient, if you will humble yourself and say, I'm not going to do this, I'm going to let the Lord do this on his timing, your patience will pay off. Here's the last thing that we do. We have faith, we be patient, and then we draw near. We draw near. When we're waiting to receive the promise of God, when we're receiving these promises, when these great and precious promises of the new covenant that we can walk in, we draw near. Let me read some scripture to you. Hebrews chapter 10, 22 through 23 says, Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. We draw near to God when we're receiving the promise. Why? Because when you draw near, the closer you get to something, the more thorough your understanding of that thing will be. Right? You ever, you ever seen something from a distance, you're not totally sure what it is, but then when you get up close, you're like, ah, now I understand it. You want to understand God, draw close to him. Draw close to him. Hebrews 16, 19, it says this, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Okay, now this is, this is amazing. I need you to get this. When you're awaiting to receive the promises of God, you're actively receiving the promise of God, you're having faith, you're being patient, you're being diligent, you're obeying, you're all these things that you're doing. Here's the cool thing, is that God's waiting room is his presence. You ever been in, in a in a waiting room at a doctor's office. I, I hate, because I'm borderline germaphobe, okay? Just being honest here. So I'm impatient. I'm like, I'm like telling you all the things wrong with me this morning. I, I'm borderline germaphobe. I struggle. I struggle. And, and when, I, when I have to take my kids, you know, uh, the place where we take our kids, there's the sick waiting room. And then there's the well waiting room. And, and they're like, okay, well, you need to go in the sick waiting room, Mr. Nunley. I'm like longingly looking over. At the well waiting room. Oh, but that's where I want to be. Because over here are all these snotty kids. And you can hear them, you know, with all their stuff. And I'm like, I just, the whole, like the, the bench you, you sit on is like sticky. I'm like wondering what happened. And it's just an awful waiting room. And, 
And, and even the adult waiting rooms, they have like, you know, golfers digest. Like, well, how do you read about golf? You swing in the ball. I mean, I don't get it. And it's just, I don't like waiting rooms, okay? I just don't. They freak me out. I'm glad you have a fish tank in there, okay? Doesn't help me. Call me back, please. Now, I've been here 15 minutes. I know someone's yelling back there in room number three, but I'm here in the waiting room, okay? I need you to come get me. God's waiting room is awesome because God's waiting room is his presence. It's the inner sanctuary of his presence. When you're waiting on the promises, when you're receiving the pro- actively receiving the promises of God, you are put into this waiting room where you are to draw near to him. In the meantime, he gives you not a magazine. He gives you his presence. Isn't that awesome? He's a good father. Not only has he given you all these incredible promises, great and precious promises, it's far better than the old covenant. But while you wait, he makes his presence your waiting room. While you wait, he says, draw near. While you're patient, he's like, I know patience is not fun, but it's doing a good work in you while you wait. He's saying, have faith, make preparation for what's coming because a promise is a promise. And my question to you is this, this morning, are you receiving God's covenant promises? Are you just hoping? Are you, well, maybe one day the good Lord will see fit. (laughs) Or are you actively pursuing God's plan, God's way. Look, if you're looking for a spouse, quit swiping on Tinder and get in the waiting room. If, 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 you need, if you need financial stability in your life, quit freaking out and going to every financial guru that's doing things the world's way and do things God's way. And make preparation well, when, I, when I'm more financially stable, I'll give. Okay, why don't you practice being rich now? Why don't you practice? I would give a lot if I had more. Give, give what you can now. Right? You know, if, if, if you're waiting on God to heal you physically, to bring physical healing to your body, look, go find someone who's sick and pray for them. Yeah, but I'm sick. Yeah, but pray for them anyway. Sowing and reaping. Sow healing so that you can reap healing. Do something. See how that works? Are you actively receiving God's covenant promises? Let's stand for prayer. Before we pray, I invite you. I'd love for you to stay for our baptism. Uh, We've got about nine people, um, kids and adults, that are going to get baptized. It's going to be awesome. We should cheer them on, okay? It's going to be amazing. I won't, I'm usually at the back door, but I won't be there because I'll be getting dressed and getting ready for baptism. So I encourage you to stay. If you can't, though, we love you. Go and have an amazing day. We'll see you next week. But before we go, close your eyes. Ask the Holy Spirit, am I receiving your covenant promises?
Am I actively having faith? Am I letting my preparation prepare me for the promises? Am I being patient? Am I letting patience pay off? Am I drawing near and enjoying the waiting room of God's presence? Come on, be honest. Are you? I want to lead you in a prayer. If you will, pray this prayer to me where we're going to declare, we're going to declare to God that we are going to receive his promises his way. Pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your great and precious promises. You've already given me everything I need for life and godliness. So I respond to those promises with faith, active faith, preparing to receive what you've promised. I also respond in patience, knowing that patience will pay off as I trust you. And Lord, while I wait, you've prepared for me a wonderful waiting room. It's the inner sanctuary of your presence. I want to be there. I want to be found there, Lord. So I make the commitment to receive your promises your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right.